Happy Friday, West Michigan. It's time for another episode of Speaking for Him with your host, Andrew Gamison. Hello, Chad, and the rest of our listening audience. I'm glad to have you with us. Today is going to be a little bit more serious tone than a lot of our podcasts. We try to add a certain measure of jocularity into what we do here. But today is a fairly serious episode, and it's kind of inspired um, just by my thoughts in recent weeks about the the various um, violent attacks that have happened both in our country and then also overseas, and the people's response to these attacks. And I'm not going to, hopefully I'm not going to go on a, a political rampage on this podcast. That's not the purpose of it. Um, and... While I collect my thoughts um, the rest of the way, I will send it over to Chad for our quote of the day. Our quote of the day, as soon as I can find the chalkboard thing. Do, 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 do. There it is. <laughs> Sorry, I'm the new guy. <laughs> our quote of the day says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. And that's Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2. And the reason that I chose this verse is because I really feel like it's a starting point for today's discussion. Um, Chad is over there, um, as he has been the last few weeks, and so he will be contributing in solo, my brother Bartholomew, who is gracious enough to bring me to the studio, so I'm glad to have him here as well, and we're just going to talk a little bit about true answers to some of these attacks. Because what often happens when an attack like this happens, especially with the latest one, at least as of this recording, um, Sutherland Baptist Church, is that people get on the news media and automatically call for gun control um, or some kind of legislation to... Uh, stem the tide, which I always find kind of ironic from the standpoint of they always tell us when we're talking about pro-life legislation that you can't legislate morality. And yet um, the other the left side of the aisle, if you will, tends to want to do just that. And I think that's about as political as I'm going to get, hopefully. But I just want to mention that I'm praying for the people of Sutherland Baptist Church especially for the pastor who was actually on, I guess, on a guest speaking trip and his daughter was killed in the shooting and he wasn't there. I can't imagine him not even being there for her last, you know, breath. And then, of course, we recently came off the mass shooting in Las Vegas um, where a man uh, unloaded and wounded and, and killed several people. I know... In Sutherland, it was something along the lines of 26 people. And the media being who they are, they said something like 26 people and an unborn baby. because, and a, Or a fetus, I forget exactly what they said, but they distanced it from being a full person. But, so I think it was 26 or 27 people. And uh, the thing that goes through my mind whenever this happens is, why, Lord? But the other thing that goes through my mind is that we we tend to look everywhere um, but up for that's our help. True. That's and true. And that's why 
Our opening verse says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help. My help cometh even from the Lord, who had made heaven and earth. That's really the only place help can come from. Do you have any thoughts as we begin this discussion, Chad? Well, I think you're absolutely right. People tend to look towards politics um, on both sides of the aisle, and they really don't understand that the big picture says that the Lord is the one who's in charge. And we cannot rely on a politician in Washington, D.C. or a law to change something. We need to turn our heads towards the Lord and we need to get on our knees and pray. So this is a very this is going to be a very simple podcast. All we're going to do is read a few verses and talk about their content. Um, But before I do that, I want to just mention that these attacks go farther than just guns because car attacks are becoming increasingly prevalent. In late last year, late 2016, there was an attack in uh, on the campus of Ohio State University that I think wounded, you know, several people. And then in London, there was like four people killed by a car attack, or at least wounded. So even cars can be used as weapons, which shows that this is a sin issue, it's a heart issue, it's not... Uh, strictly a gun issue and, and if i can cut in and say something real quick not only did the london the london the terrorist attack in london involve vehicles but the perpetrator in that particular instance did have knives and he did come out and he attacked too so the, we're not just talking about a car we're talking about a knife and then more recently in the church we're looking at a gun mm-hmm. so we can't just limit it to just certain weapon Oh, absolutely. Bartholomew, do you have any initial thoughts as we embark on this conversation? Yeah, I just, um, these, you know, every time these mass shootings come out, you know, the initial thought is how could someone um, do something like that? How could they be so evil? And a lot of them, you know, they don't know the people personally. They're just trying to make some sort of statement, um, I know in, in the instance in the Sutherland Church, I know he had he had um, attended there at some point. I don't know at what point in his life, but um, yeah, they're just it's just um, mind blowing in some ways. But yeah, I I think of um, again like you go back to um, you know the Ten Commandments and how people don't want to follow them, and then. Um, when people don't follow them, they're kind of like shocked, and it's like, well, if you don't have a good, good moral basis, um, then anything goes, and and also just the fact that you know there's so many there's different songs and things that give people the idea that life doesn't really matter and there's nothing to live for, and um, when there's nothing to live for, then <laughs> you might as well die you might as well take other people with you. So, And yeah. so I, I think the biggest thing we need to realize is that if you don't have a basis that says, I was created by God for a purpose and there is no purpose to life, then all of a sudden it becomes intrinsically easier to do something like carry out mass, um, you know, mass homicide uh, because people are just animals. It doesn't matter anyway. Right. And so we need to be very careful that we build that foundation. That's why it's so important. Um. All right, Chad, could you read the first three verses on our sheet here, and then 
we'll discuss them. Sure, absolutely. Uh, Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Hebrews 4, 16. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to, to help in time of need. And in Psalm 107, verses 28 to 30. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distresses. He caused the storm to be still, so that the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad because they were quiet. So he guided them to their desired haven. All right, Chad, since you read them, I would like to have your initial thoughts on these verses. When I think of the first verse, ask, and it will be given to you, seek, and you'll find, knock, and the door will be open to you. So many times we stop at ask, and we ask the Lord for something, but we don't seek out the answer, and we don't knock on the doors that are presented before us to find these answers. Mm-hmm. It's a three-step. It's ask, seek, and find. And the Psalm 107, 28 through 30 it actually shows what Matthew 7, verse 7 means in a situation like what we're going through because these people were in distress and they called upon the Lord and he guided them to a safe haven. That And that is so key. And the and the other verse in the middle there, the Hebrews 4.16, therefore let us draw near with confidence. I don't think we often have a lot of confidence in, in our prayers. And I know myself, I've been guilty of giving God an out by making my prayers simple and saying, okay, I'm going to make it simple or vague so that if he doesn't answer the way I want him to, then I can just chalk it up to that. Now, I want to be very careful to caveat this by saying God is under no obligation to answer my prayers the way he, he want the way I want him to. And by that, I mean some people get into the trap of commanding God to do something in Jesus' name. I don't think that we have a position as believers where we can command God to do something. But we can certainly ask, and and he he often will answer our prayers in ways that we didn't even imagine. And And you were talking about not seeking the answer, and I was just thinking about the number of times God might give us an answer, but we don't like that one. Hmm. So we're like, I'll just wait for the next one. And he's like, no, this is the answer I'm giving right, you. Right. So so there's really nothing to wait for. Before we go on to the next set of verses, BJ, do you have any thoughts? Um, yeah, I was just, um, again, thinking um, about what Chad said, that we need to not only ask, but we need to seek. And I, I've heard that this is a continual seeking and continual knocking. And, um, you know, if we just stop with, with one prayer, I think we're, we're definitely cutting short, um, well, you know, cutting short our, our petitions to God. Um, you know, we shouldn't have vain repetition, but repetition is a good thing. And it's like a a child, you know, you want your children to, to come up and, and talk to you on a frequent basis. You don't just expect them to, to ask you one time and then and never talk to them again. So it's definitely a um, continual thing. And then, you know, um, crying out to the Lord. And, you know, I think sometimes we minimize um, 
trouble because we don't want to talk about problems. Um, you know, even even this, I think it's easy to go throughout your day and not really think about um, these things because um, because they're hard. They're they're hard to deal with, but we do have someone that we can cry out to and. Um, God understands, and you know if you're if you're out there and you're going through, um, maybe one of these instances hit you hard, and maybe uh, I know there's people that will look at the news and and it will become very depressing. Um, and sometimes it's it's something that happens to you, and if something has, hap- has happened to you as well, there is um, there is the Lord, and there is somebody who cares. Um, hopefully, there's people. In churches that care that you can can get involved with as well, but um, if if it seems like nobody cares, God is is there to care. I was just reminded when you were talking about continual seeking about the parable of the unjust judge, where Jesus gave a parable that, <laughs> that he would encourage people to pray and not to faint, and how the widow pounded on the judge's chambers every day, and finally um, he granted her request because he wanted to get rid of her. Now, I don't think Jesus was saying that God wants to get rid of us, but what he was saying is that if the unjust judge finally relented and gave her what she wanted, how much more is your Heavenly Father wanting to give you petitions, especially if you pray according to his will? Mm-hmm. Um, so, BJ, could you read the next three verses, starting with James 1.5? But if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. First um, Peter five seven, casting all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Philippians four six through seven, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Do you have any initial thoughts on these three verses, BJ? Well, um, definitely continuing with the same theme. Um, you know, we, you know, we. It's easy to say, "Well, I lack wisdom," but if we haven't asked God for it, then you know, who's at fault? Um, and God is just, and again, God is there. Um, we aren't supposed to be anxious. I think, you know, I think Max, Max Licato just came out with a book about, um, anxiety. Um, I don't know. It's called something simple, like don't be anxious or something like that. But anyway, um, you know, it's, I think that, um, from listening to an interview with him, that it's not so much that we're never supposed to, we, we're never supposed to feel anxious, but the, just the fact that, when we do feel anxious, we um, have somebody have a good way to de- have a way to deal with it, and that's to take it to him. All right, Chad, any thoughts? Actually, while we were sitting here, I grabbed my phone because I looked at uh, Philippians uh, four verses six through seven, and he says, "Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication." And I always wondered, what's the deal with the supplication? Doesn't it mean the same thing? Actually, it does not. A supplication is not just a prayer, as I as we might think it is. It is a prayer done in humility. It's 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 begging 
to somebody who has an authority over you. It is not just, dear God, please bless this situation. It's, dear God, I, I acknowledge you, please address this situation. So coming to God, not just in prayer, but also humbly coming towards God is what that is re- referencing. Oh, absolutely. And I want to touch on real quick before we move on to the last two verses. Uh, I think we're, we're all kind of um, uh, focusing on this Philippians 4, 6, and 7 passage, over, not over the others, but in the midst of the others. But the thing that I see is with thanksgiving and just having an attitude of thanksgiving no matter what you're going through, that he's not he's not saying only be thankful in, in, in the good times. You know, I had to get to a place uh, as a disabled man where I was thankful for my wheelchair and the opportunities that it presents. That was not my 13-year-old self, but that is my 38-year-old self because I've learned that the doors that God has opened up for me because of my wheelchair are probably far greater than anything he would have opened up without it. Can he heal me? Absolutely has the power to do so. But I believe he is glorified through my wheelchair. As Paul said, that he glories in his sufferings because the power of Christ would rest upon him. And that's where I am in my life is learning to glory in my sufferings and learning to be thankful. And it's interesting to say that, it's to see that in Romans 1 it talks about how we go away to sinful activities without going into detail when we when we fail to be thankful. So thankfulness is so important. All right, I'm going to read the last two verses here and then we'll have a wrap-up discussion. Um, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then... 1 John 5, 14 and 15. This is the confidence that we have before him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests which we have asked from him. And first of all, um, I, I'm glad this was toward the end of the list. Um, I, I, I actually can tell you that I actually found this list um, on the internet and I liked it, so it's not my original um, collection. But um, I like the fact that First John 1, 9 is toward the end because a lot of times, another thing that we do when tragedy strikes is we say, who sinned? What happened no, that's to, true. to cause this? And the reason I bring this up is because even the disciples did it. In John chapter 9, they said, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus said, it's not for sin, it's for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it, it bears mentioning that sometimes God does use circumstances and tragedies to deal with sin in our lives, so we would be remiss not to talk about it at least a little bit. But then also to realize that we're in a sinful, fallen world, and that's why we have uh, sinful people, and that's why we have people capable of mass murder. Because what did Satan say? He said It said... That he, Jesus said about Satan that he came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And that's what he's doing in this country right now. He's stealing people. And he's using them for his destructive purposes. And he's killing people. And he's destroying society. Uh, that's, that's just the bottom line. But the confidence that we have in God, as First John 5, 
14 and 15, is that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And then we will have our requests that we ask in him. Now, it's interesting because it says that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us and he interprets our prayers the way that they need to be interpreted. So sometimes we don't get exactly what we wanted, but it's because God knows what's best for us. As a father, which I'm not, but Chad is, as a father, I'm sure he would say that he doesn't always give his kids everything they want. Nope. Because he wants them to grow up to be healthy, well-rounded individuals. And I'm broke. And, well, <laughs> well, that's not, that's another podcast. <laughs> but uh, the point being that as a good father, you can't do that. That's and right. And our father in heaven is the same way. And so, um, so, but he does hear us and he does answer prayer and miracles still happen. Um, I have a good friend that got a cancer diagnosis probably 10 years ago now. And he thought that he was going to die. And he talks about how he got down on his knees and he begged God. You're talking about supplication being begging. And he begged God. He said, I still want to see my kids grow up. I want to see my kids get married. I want to see my grandchildren. Please let me live. And God relented. And he's been cancer free for, I think, over five years. That's good. So God still works things out. It doesn't mean that nobody will ever die of cancer again um, because they do. But God knows what's best and he will um, work things out. So before we end, um, first BJ and then Chad, do you have any thoughts on these last two verses? Um, They're true. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I found this um, true in my life, you know, that, um, when I confess my sins to, to God, he, he forgives them and, um, lifts a burden off of my, my back, so to speak, um, lifts, lifts my spirit. Um, and, and I have seen prayers answered. Um, as you said, um, I don't know if I've had any personal things, um, experiences like that, but I have, I have, um, seen that happen, have seen different things happen in my life. So, um, God is there. When I, when I think of the discussion, I think of the, um, the analogy that was shown me of a puzzle and the puzzle, each of us are a piece of the puzzle. And when you're in a puzzle and you look around, the only thing you can see are the other pieces. You see what's going on in the lives of the people around you. You see, you see what only see what's going on around you. But God is the one who puts the puzzle together and he sees everything. So we may not understand what it is that's going on. It might blow our minds, but we just have to trust that God is bigger than any situation, a terrorist attack or a mass shooting in a church. He's bigger than that. And although we do not understand what the reasoning behind it is, or if he allowed it to happen or not, or if it's sin or whatever, we just have to trust that God sees the big picture and he knows what he's doing. Absolutely. Well, those are just some thoughts that we had uh, regarding where to go for our help in time of need, because that's where we're at as a country. That's where we're at in the world. Um, there's really nothing more to add other than to say 
we're just really praying for Summerlin Baptist Church and uh, all the victims there there and all the people that were related to the victims we pray I pray especially for this pastor um incidentally Chad I don't know if you heard this but he preached on how in times of uncertainty you need to lean hard on the Lord like the week before hmm. to his own congregation not knowing that he would have to live his sermon in a far more tragic way than he ever thought oh, wow. possible just a week later. And and I can attest to that in, uh, in a much lesser degree because I'll never preach on the book of Job again. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, to just wrap up, I did have a time when I spoke on Job for a children's meeting and then the next couple months were really rough. God was, it was like I was testing whether I was willing to practice what I preached. And he's done that a couple of times in my life. And sometimes that's what he does for us. But I just want, I hope that you are encouraged. Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's about all we have for this week's show. Um, but stay tuned and keep joining us. And have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking for Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.